Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session. Teeth, tongues, thumbs and tonsils. Aside from being a literal tongue twister, it goes to show just how many things there are to look out for in a growing child. And it can be tricky sometimes to know what requires intervention and what's a normal part of development. Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name is Erica Quinn and we are joined by Dr. Shireen Lim for part two of our series on sleep disordered breathing and airway development in young children. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our first episode where we talk about a case study on childhood bruxism. In today's episode, we break down the nitty gritty step-by-step process of how to do a thorough clinical examination, what to look out for, and the telltale signs that there may be something else going on that may be affecting the way that a child eating, breathing, sleeping, developing, and thriving overall. And who better to learn from than from Dr. Shireen Lim, who has dedicated her day-to-day practice and has even written a book on this exact topic. You can find more information in our show notes, but otherwise let's jump straight into this episode. Generally, I'm going through a functional history. My parents, they come to me, they're concerned about orthodontic problems or jaws not developing well, or they're concerned about speech problems that aren't getting any progress uh, with extended speech therapy or they're concerned about their child's sleep and breathing. And they're all interrelated. They can all be linked to how are the jaw structures forming and how are the muscles working. So I usually want to go through and ask them how have the muscles been working from infancy uh, and and really clicking down to find out more about their breathing and sleep. That'll give us more information. So I start with the birth history. I find out how a child has been born because mm-hmm. that may have implications as well. If, even things like prematurity. So if we know that a child is premature, uh, they're going to have some difficulties with their oral function. And then we'll move on to breastfeeding. How was a child breastfed? Because that will give us a clue uh, as to how well that tongue was able to suction or drain effectively. We need good tongue suction for effective or efficient transfer of milk from the breast. So when there were problems with that occurring, we may actually progress to things like bottle feeding, or we may have symptoms like colic or reflux where babies are ingesting air and they're having these type of symptoms. Uh, So I want to try and get a sense of how they're feeding as to give me a clue as to how their mouth is working. And from Mm. there, I'll usually go on to ask about their transition to solids. You know, do they have any difficulties with chewing or swallowing or gagging? Are they picky eaters? Because sometimes when children can't chew really well, they they chew their meat and they suck all the juice out and they're spitting it out or pouching it or they're really Mm -hmm. having difficulties with anything harder than mints. That can give us another clue as well. I'll also ask about their dummy use whether they've used a dummy in the past or they have had any oral habits, including thumb sucking and nail biting or or chewing on their clothes and things like that, because I usually tend to think that could be a reflection of poor tongue posture, their tongue not really stimulating the sensory receptors in the roof of the mouth in their palate. And so I'm sort of collecting all these information to see how are things going, where their oral function has been off track. And I'll ask about things like ear infections, because if a child has had ear infections, I tend to think of those problems as myofunctional disorders, where the eustachian tube hasn't been clearing well. Uh, And that could be a problem with swallowing, with the tongue actually not elevating correctly during the swallow. And from there, yeah, I'll go through 
the sleep history in a lot of detail. Or before that, I would talk about the speech. You know, was there any speech delay or how is the articulation, those type of things. And then the sleep, we'll go through all those symptoms. Do they mouth breathe? Do they snore? Do they have neck hyperextension or stomach sleeping or tossing and turning or sweating? Uh, any, any witnessed apneas? How many times are they awakening? Are there symptoms like teeth grinding, bedwetting? How do they wake in the morning? Are there any emotional behavioral problems? Do they have any problems with emotional regulation, tantrums? What is their attention and concentration like? Any anxiety or any learning concerns? So we get a really good picture of what is their mouth doing and how is, if there's oral dysfunction, how much is it affecting their, their life? And so at the same time I'm doing the history, they're getting a whole bunch of photos. The child is getting a whole bunch of photos taken and even videos of their speech and how their tongue moves. And so I can then move on and we can, you know, identify how the mouth has been growing and, and anything that is going off track as well. Have you ever stumbled upon an oral lesion and thought twice about what you should do? Is this normal? Will it go away? Should we be worried? Australian Hands-On Courses is running a free webinar with Dr. Amanda Foon Nguyen on her top 10 tips for general dentists when it comes to oral cancer screening and early detection. As part of their mission to help graduates accelerate their growth and reach their utmost potential, AHC is running a series of free online webinars on what you should know. Understanding Oral Medicine is Module 5 of the series and will be a live webinar Tuesday the 25th of July at 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Spots are limited, so make sure you sign up via the link in our show notes and stay in the loop for the ongoing series, which is free for all students and graduates. I feel like what you just said there, Dr. Shreen, was like a beautiful poem (laughs) of all the things that you are looking for. And clearly you've had it down to a T and that you do this day in, day out. It's so natural to you in this discussion that you have with patients and parents. But I feel like the depth that you go into, it really does. I can imagine you as you're talking to parents, you're really painting this picture of how everything is. I guess tying it back into our audience in that most of our um, listeners are students or new grads that are working in general practice. So not necessarily seeing the same patients that you may, where they come in knowing that there is a particular issue and they've come to look for your um, like specialty advice and expertise. I guess in a general practice, when, you know, we see children and parents are unaware of any particular concerns, we probably start more from a clinical exam as opposed to, you know, when you talk about the functional history. And so I guess from a clinical point of view, can we talk a little bit about things that as dentists we should be looking for in terms of when we talk about the palate or the tongue, the teeth positioning, uh, open bites and whatnot and where, what sort of things should raise alarm bells for us to then prompt having these discussions with the parents? Yeah, when a child first comes into the room, what I'm going to be looking mm-hmm. at is how does their mouth rest? Do they close mm-hmm. their mouth? Do they open their mouth? Is there any venous pooling or the dark circles around their eyes? You know, is there any mental strain where they're closing their mouth and then we have this, we can see the dimpling in their chin 
Uh, that's usually mm-hmm. a good sign. It's one of the top red flags that a child is not breathing and sleeping well. It's, it means that their lips don't naturally seal and they'll spend a good portion of their night mouth breathing. And, you know, just their general demeanor, are they able to sit still or fidgeting, those type of things. And then we start looking inside their mouth and we, we know Mellon Pouty score to have a look how obstructive their throat is and having a look at the size of their tonsils. And then I'm actually having a look at their tongue mobility. How well can their tongue elevate to the roof of their mouth or suction? What kind of exercises are you doing or what exercises are you getting Yeah, to check that? Usually I'm getting the team to take photos of everything and video as well. So we ask the child to say N, N. So we get them to raise the tip of their tongue to the N spot to see how well mm. they can do it. Because there is some research to suggest that children that can't do that That is a risk factor for persistent sleep-disturbed breathing after adenoids and tonsils are removed. Uh, In in one particular study, they call it tongue motor immaturity, and it's a sign of low tone of the tongue. So I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking to see, well, I pay a lot of attention to tongue mobility because I manage a lot of tongue type and oral dysfunction related to that. But I get them to stick their tongue out, uh, stick it from side to side. And what I'm actually looking for is how free is their tongue? Are they recruiting other muscles? Some children will have to strain with their neck or strain with their jaw and use a lot of muscles and purse uh, their perioral muscles or their lips and cheeks. So we're getting a sense of how free is that tongue. And then mm. we will look for things like tooth wear, whether it be erosion or whether it be attritional wear. They're all red flags for me that a child might not be breathing well. And then I also look at their occlusion because any malocclusion really is a sign that jaw development is off track. And mm. as we discussed earlier, that, that the jaws are our floor of our nasal passages, our space for our tongue and the skeletal support for our collapsible upper airway. So when the jaws are off track, we know that there'll be some degree of limitation of airflow. So we're looking for things like lack of spacing between the baby teeth, or if there's any cross bites, open bites, retrognathic mandibles, or class three malocclusions, they all could indicate that growth is off track. And I want to look at the palate, the the roof of the mouth. How deep and narrow is that palate fault? Uh, because that's strongly correlated to how well we can breathe through our nose. And, yeah, I'm looking at how children swallow, whether they use excessive facial muscles during their swallow, uh, because that usually can be a compensation for poor tongue function. In what way would they be using, like, excessive muscles? How does that present? When, When they swallow, when we swallow, what we should see is we shouldn't really see any facial muscle activity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It should look like our swallow is happening in our neck like Mm. this. But sometimes when you see a child, it kind of looks more like they're pursing their lips. You can see the tension in their face. Uh, So that's pretty much a good indication that they have not been able to use their tongue effectively because during a swallow, we want to see tongue suctioning to the roof of the mouth and and transferring everything backwards. Uh, But sometimes when a child hasn't been able to do that or they've had bottles or dummies introduced, they develop this reverse swallow or tongue thrust swallow. And then we see this increased pressures of the, the muscles around our face. And that type of activity is going to lead to constriction of our jaws. 
Uh, so I'm looking for things like that. You know, it, it, do they have food remnant on their face, which could indicate they don't really chew with their mouth properly or they're not swallowing well. A lot of children come in with all this food on their face. <laughs> um, I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the hunt to upgrade your current pair of loops, or if you're a student looking to invest in your very first pair, let's talk about Admitech Loops by Byron Medical. Last year, just about everyone around me was showing off their brand new pair of refractive loops with a wireless butterfly light that had just hit the market. I had to get on board and I'm pleased to say I've not looked back, or should I say down, since. Lightweight, sturdy and stylish, Admatex Ergo Loops are designed to optimize your posture so you're not popping a disc trying to prep the distal of that 4.7. Level up your scales and cleans when you can actually see every tiny fleck of calculus fly off the tooth. With a tiny battery light that clips on magnetically and switches out seamlessly even mid-procedure, say goodbye to getting tangled in your wires and the painful indents on your nose bridge from having to support heavy loops. Biomedical are Australian-based and are quick and easy to get in touch with and address any issues you have. They'll even come out to your workplace for your initial consult and fitting session. So look no further, pardon the puns, and join the club. And if you mention Dental Head Start, they'll even throw in a special added bonus. wanted to ask in a little bit more detail and just yeah bringing it down to real basics is how do you assess tonsils and let's run over the Malam Paddy score again because I was having a discussion with one of my good friends the other day where you know, we do our intraoral you know soft tissue screening and you say oh say ah uh, and they say ah uh, and you don't necessarily get a good view of the back you're like I, tr- I tried <laughs> and you may see but I, I think it is perhaps a lot of us don't know what we're necessarily looking for. And so can you break down what exactly should we be looking for and how we get a good visual assessment of it? <laughs> I want to show a visual yeah. of it. Uh, the, the best thing to do is Google Mal and Patty's score and have a look uh, to yeah. see the different degrees of crowding of our oral pharynx when we ask a patient to open their mouth. And mm-hmm. we ask them to sort of stick their tongue out and say, ah, and we can have a look at it. Or even when their mouth is, when their tongue is inside their mouth, having a look. And if we have a look at those pictures, uh, we will see that grade three and four, Malampati, uh, there, we cannot see as much of the back of the throat. There's more soft tissue there. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are at greater risk of having obstructive. Is there a different assessment for tonsils or is the tonsil assessment the Malampati assessment? They're different. I think the melon patty is a really good reflection of the skeletal box, our jaw structures, uh, because if we have good wide and advanced jaw structures, we're going to have more room to support all our soft tissues and it's going to look more open. But if we look at the tonsil grading, that's more like the bulk inside the throat. So we're, we're looking at what is growing or overgrown inside the throat. So inside, and if we have grade three and four tonsil uh, blockage, which is the larger ones, then a child is probably going to have uh, more risk of having it. And so with those tonsils, it's really just based on the size and, you know, I guess most severe would be when they're completely blocking out those airways and touching. Is that right? 
Correct. Yeah, that would be kissing grade four tonsils. Uh, so they're disproportionately large. No, taken to paint a picture for all our listeners. Throat. Dr. Shireen is painting a picture with her hands here that unfortunately no one can see, but we'll be mindful to perhaps post some photos or a PDF link so that people can download or have access to them after listening to this. For a new graduate dentist, I, I've written a book and I've got a whole chapter on screening for dentists. And it really talks through and it has the visuals for the melon patty and for the tonsil grading and just like a whole checklist. This is the order that we would look at things. And so I know even for more experienced dentists that have done a lot of training in different things like airway and breathing and tongue ties, it, it, they've said that this is the book that connects everything together. So I do think, you know, for a new graduate getting into this area, it's a good resource. 100%. And go, okay, you know what? That what ends know. this segment beautifully because for all our listeners, stay tuned for our part three because we're going to really dive into this book that you've written, Dr. Shree, and how it helps both parents but also clinicians in managing this whole realm of breathing for young children. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.